Coming up on The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. When your marriage is being restored, you honor the word. When your finances are being restored, you honor the word. When your health is being restored, you honor the word. When your family's being restored, you honor the word. When your life is being restored, you honor the word. People who are being destroyed reject the word. People who are being restored honor the word. When I go before God and I'm praying, what can I ask for? Everything. Every single thing that you're lacking to be whole. Every single thing that you're lacking to be the person that God designed you to be. Jesus, the new covenant includes every blessing of God. So how do you activate the new covenant? Well, there's two ways. The main activation, how do I get everything that God has for me? Number one is prayer. You have to talk to the king. Nehemiah he had to go before the king and talk to him. And so the new covenant is relationship-based. And prayer is not a religious exercise to please God. That's not what it is. Prayer is a relationship with God. When I am praying that I'm speaking directly to God, in Matthew 6, Jesus said, when you pray, go into your inner room, your secret room, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. When we go and pray with God, we're praying directly in his presence. We're talking to him. You say, well, what do I pray about? What are you worried about? What do you need? What is it that you're lacking? You have favor with the king. In other words, let me say it this way. If you could get into the presence of the most powerful and rich man in the world right now and ask him for anything, what would you ask for? Well, that's what you want to talk to God about. You worship God. You give him thanks for what he's done. And then you just go through the laundry list of the things that you're needing from him. And he wants to help you. He's there and everything is included. But let me, let me switch gears in this message. And I want to talk about the Word. You say, well, how do we activate the new covenant in our lives? Prayer. You have to talk to the king. We need to talk to God. It's, it's, uh, prayer is simply just relating to God. Um, and then we the Word. You have to obey the Word. You have to have a relationship with the Word of God. Well, let me, let me talk about Nehemiah for just a minute. Now, um, Nehemiah and the children of Israel spent 70 years in captivity. Okay. Now, this was prophesied in 2 Chronicles 36, where I ask you to turn. Before Israel ever went to Babylon, God said, you'll be there 70 years. Okay. It was prophesied. But the question is, why 70 years? Why did God choose the number 70 of the number of years that the children of Israel would be in Babylon? We're going to read about it in 2 Chronicles 36, beginning with verse 15. Okay, now this is talking about uh, Jeremiah and a prophecy that Jeremiah gave concerning Israel in the 70 years. 2 Chronicles 36, 15. The Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers rising up early and sending them because he had compassion on his people and his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Therefore, he brought against them the king of the Chaldeans, who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion on young man or virgin, on the aged or the weak. He gave them all into his hand, and all the articles from the house of God, great and small, the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the kings of his leaders, all these he took to Babylon. Then they burned the house of God, broke down the wall of Jerusalem, burned 
all its palaces with fire, and destroyed all its precious possessions. And those who escaped from the sword, he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. To fulfill the word of the Lord by, his, by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths, as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Okay. Well, it begins by saying the Lord had compassion on his people. The Lord loved Israel so much that he sent prophet after prophet to them to warn them about an upcoming judgment that was coming on them if they didn't change because of his love. But their response to God's messengers was they rejected God's messengers and despised God's word. They despised. Prophet after prophet came to the Jews. They rejected the prophets and despised their words until finally God sent them to exile for 70 years. Well, why 70 years? It says, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. In Exodus 23, the children of Israel in the wilderness, they're, they've left Egypt, they're yet to go into the promised land, and God comes to them in Exodus 23, and God says to them, now I'm gonna take you into the promised land. And when you get to the promised land, here's what I want you to do. I want you to plant crops for six years, but on the seventh year, on the sabbatical year, you can't plant crops. I want you to leave the land fallow, un unplowed, unplanted, for the sake of the poor and for the sake of the animals. You cannot plant on the seventh year. So they went into the promised land. They never one time let the land lay fallow. And so they were in the promised land for seven years, and on the seventh year they planted, and God said, that's one Sabbath you robbed from me. Seven more years went by, they planted again on the Sabbath. God said, that's two years you owe me. Seven more years went by, they'd been there 21 years, God said, that's three years you owe me. And 490 years of rebellion against God went by, they had never one time obeyed the Sabbath of not planting, and after 490 years, God says, you owe me 70 years. I'm taking you out of this land so it can rest. And after 70 years in Babylonian captivity, God said, you paid me back. Now you can go back. And the land had enjoyed her Sabbath. Now listen to me. Every time they didn't plant, they thought, got away with that. <laughs> we, got, we got an extra crop. God said, don't plant, but we got an extra one-seventh of crop. What they didn't realize is every time they planted and rebelled against God's word, God said, that's one more year that your great-great-great-great-grandchildren will be in slavery. That's another year that your great-great-great-great-grandchildren are going to be in slavery. And the years were just adding up. Seventy years. Nehemiah is a victim of the sins of generations of Jews who rejected the word of God. And now he wakes up and finds himself in Babylon at the end of 70 years when they get to go back. It's, it's very exact. God's very exact in what he does. You say, well, why, why did they plant when God said don't plant? Because it seems, it seems to me like a pretty good deal that every seven years you just get to go to Disneyland. You know, you get to, you get to go to Six Flags. You just get to, they didn't have to do anything. And here's what God said. When you don't plant, I'll give you enough in the year preceding to last you until you get your next crop. Why did they plant? Greed? Fear? I don't think God's going to take care of me. I think if I don't work 
and we don't plan, we may starve to death in the eighth year. Fear, rebellion, trying to be like all the other people. So you know, all the other nations got to plant on the Sabbath year. And of course, Israel came to Samuel the prophet and said, we don't want God to be our king. We want to have a king like all the other nations. So we know that Israel kind of had a complex of kind of being cool and being like everybody else. So why, why did they plant when God said, don't plant? Well, it doesn't really matter. They, they did it for their own reasons. But the point being, it robbed them of God's blessing. Here's, here's the power of God's word. You cannot separate God's blessing from his word. God blesses his word. You say, well, how do you release the power of the new covenant? Through prayer and his word. It's th those are the two foundations of the Christian life, through prayer and through God's word. Well, let me go back to Nehemiah. If you have your Bibles there, you can turn to Nehemiah 13. And we're going to read about the Sabbath here. So let me tell you a principle. This is just a very simple principle. You can see this in operation everywhere in the world. Just, just notice this. After this message, just notice this. Okay, People in the process of destroying themselves always don't know the word or they reject the word. When you're in the process of being destroyed, you have a very a convenient relationship with the word or you have a, an antagonism toward the word of God. It's always true. When the children of Israel were losing the land and losing God's blessing, they were in rebellion to God. Now, Nehemiah is a different guy. Nehemiah, we're going to read here in Nehemiah 13 in just a minute how Nehemiah deals with the Sabbath day and, and what's happening. They go back, Nehemiah 13, they've gone back, they've rebuilt Jerusalem, and now they're going back to their old ways concerning the Sabbath. A person who's being restored always loves the Word. When your marriage is being restored, you honor the Word. When your finances are being restored, you honor the Word. When your health is being restored, you honor the Word. When your family's being restored, you honor the Word. When your life is being restored, you honor the Word. People who are being destroyed reject the Word. People who are being restored honor the Word. Your relationship with the Word of God will determine what God can do with your life because God has a very great honor for His Word, and that will never change. So this is Nehemiah 13. He is the leader of restoration to Israel. This is the top guy, and he leads them back. Remember what I said about the Sabbath. For 490 years, they rejected the whole principle of Sabbath, okay? the, both on the seventh day and also on the seventh year. Now they've gone back. This is Nehemiah 13. These are the Jews. They've left Babylon. They're back in Israel. Now let's read Nehemiah 13, and notice what happens and how Nehemiah responds. Nehemiah 13. In those days I saw people of Judah and treading, treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in sheaves and loading donkeys with wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of burdens which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I warned them about the day on which they were selling provisions. Men of Tyre dwelt there also who brought in fish and all kinds of goods and sold them on the Sabbath to the children of Judah and in Jerusalem. Then I contended with the nobles of Judah and said to them, what evil thing is this that you do by which you profane the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers do thus? And it did not God, our God bring all this disaster on us and on this city? Yet you bring added wrath on Israel by profaning the Sabbath. So it was as the gates of Jerusalem, as it began to be dark before the Sabbath, that I commanded the gates to be shut and charged that they must not be open till after the Sabbath. Let's stop right there. And it keeps going on here. So Seventy years in captivity. 
because they broke the Sabbath, in, in addition to other things. There were other things that were, that were there. But according to Second Chronicles, where we read, one of the major reasons that God took them out of the promised land was because they rejected the Sabbath. So now they go back, and they go right back their old ways. And Nehemiah's walking around the city of Jerusalem, and he's noticing it's the Sabbath day, and everybody's just doing their normal stuff. And he said, hey, after 70 years, have you not connected the dots? Don't you get it? Don't you understand that we got ourselves into everything we got ourselves into because our fathers did what you're doing right now? And as the governor of Israel, he locked the gates and said, there will not be buying or selling in the city of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. In other words, the men who destroyed themselves rejected the word, but the man restoring Jerusalem honored the word of God. God is always about restoration and bringing hope when things seem hopeless. Regardless of your mistakes, the Lord's desire is to restore your life into his plan and purpose. In this powerful series, The God of Restoration, Jimmy Evans will help you discover how to break free from sin and restore the brokenness in your life. There is no condemnation because it's not about us, it's about how great Jesus is. Support the overcoming life with your gift of any amount and we'll send you the gift of favor as an audio download. Receive the complete series, The God of Restoration, on CD or audio download and Jimmy Evans' book, I Changed My Mind, for your gift of $50 or more. For your gift of $85 or more, you'll receive the complete series, The God of Restoration, on DVD or video download and the book, I Changed My Mind. When you've overcome the past and are living in God's blessing, you'll experience breakthrough, favor, and fulfillment. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay, let me just, let me just ask you a little question. Okay, so the Sabbath, honoring the Sabbath is in the Ten Commandments. Okay, the Big Ten. Okay, so let me ask you this. Are the Ten Commandments still true? Okay, well, I've got them right here. So let me just read a couple of them here. You shall have no other gods before me. Is that still true? Somebody? Yeah, still true. Uh, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. True? Important before you watch football this afternoon. Uh, here's another one. Honor your father and mother, right? Look at your children. If your children are with you, look at them. Say amen. You shall not murder. That's a good one. You shall not commit adultery. True. You shall not steal. True. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not lie, right? Good. Everybody good with that one? Good. That's important. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, male servant, female servant. Shouldn't, shouldn't covet, right? Shouldn't covet. All those still true. Let me ask you a question. Well, they're still true. Okay, let me ask you a question. Is there a negative consequence, you figure, to putting something in front of God? I mean, even though God loves us and we're on our way to heaven, if you put something in front of God, that's not good, is it? I mean, there's probably a negative consequence, right? You think there's a negative consequence for lying? Okay. Stealing? Just the big 10 kind of all bad news, right? Well, here's, here's a commandment in the 10. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall work and do all your labor, but on the seventh is the Sabbath day of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is with you in your gates. 
For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all the land with them, and rested on the seventh. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. So there's one of the big ten right there is honoring the Sabbath. Well, we do a pastor's school. Pastor Jimmy, Pastor Robert Morris, uh, Pastor Brady Boyd and I do a pastor's school in Dallas. And we teach pastors. And Pastor Robert Morris does a session on the Sabbath, which is very important because pastors, one of the biggest problems with pastors is burnout. His, his ministry is very challenging. A lot of pastors burn out. And Pastor Robert tells a story. And when I came in the ministry, I've never had me- measles, mumps, chicken pox, cavity. I've, had, I've, been, I've just always been very healthy until I came into the ministry. When I came into the ministry, my body fell apart because of stress, because of just trying to be too many things to too many people. And I learned over a period of time that I had to stop and I had to rest. Well, Pastor Robert, we planted Gateway Church in Dallas, and Gateway Church started in Amarillo, Texas at David's Steakhouse when uh, Karen and I went into an agreement with Robert and Debbie that we would start that church and stand with them in that process. And so Gateway started and Gateway grew and Gateway grew and Robert began to have very serious health problems. And uh, most people didn't know it. Of course, I knew it because, you know, we're close friends. And he had a lot of health problems that never, for years, that just didn't go away. And finally, just out of concern, you know, the elders told him to take a sabbatical, to take some time off, enough time to get some rest. So Robert and Debbie went away. And Robert was uh, just not working. He didn't feel well. The, he, when they went on their sabbatical, he was sick. He wasn't feeling well. And so Robert was uh, praying one morning. This, I'm, I'm going to use the number 21. Now, he shares the story at our pastor's school. It's a terrific message. And Robert uh, said, like on the 21st day of his sabbatical, he woke up and he just felt like himself again. He, he told Debbie, he said, Debbie, I'm, I'm well. He said, I, I don't know what what it is. I just, I'm, I feel fantastic. He said, this, this is how I used to feel when I felt good. And the next morning, Robert woke up and he was praying. And the Lord said, uh, do you know why you feel good? And Robert said, no, Lord. He said, because you owed me 21 Sabbaths. And when you stopped and you began to take a Sabbath, you paid me back. He said, from now on, you take a Sabbath. Now, we're preachers. Our Sabbath is not on Sunday. My Sabbath is on Friday. Well, what do I do on Friday? Not much. I'm not religious about it. I'll watch golf. That's of the Lord. And, you know, see, this isn't a religious thing. It's not a, it's not a religious thing. It's, Jesus said the Sabbath wasn't, the man, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for man. But notice it says, and God blessed the Sabbath. Sabbath is when you stop making money. You stop doing your normal stuff. And, and let me say this right now. Some people are, well, you understand, Jimmy, I've, I've got young kids. You know, we don't get a Sabbath. Okay. Well, I understand what that's like. We babysit a two-year-old boy, a four-year-old boy, and an eight-year-old girl. I understand that. My daughter, we were with my daughter, Julie, uh, last year or the year before in San Antonio. And we, she has two 13-year-old twin girls. And one day we woke up, and they'd been busy. It was the holiday or something. And, and Julie said, Abby and Elle, you do nothing today. And, you know, two 13-year-old girls, there's, there's more energy there than you can, you know, they're more social than anybody. They're always going. They're always doing. And Julie said, you don't do anything today. Listen to me. If your kids are stressing you out, that's your problem. 
Because you've got to teach your children to stop. You have to teach your children. They can't, they can't be in every sport. They can't take every lesson. They can't be everywhere. They can't know everyone. There has to be a lid that is put on our activities. So, so Julie said to Abby and Elle, you stop. And Brent and Stephanie did the same thing. Now, with a two-year-old, it's, you know, it takes special medication sometimes. But it... <laughs> Let me say, there is a principle of Sabbath that God says, stop. On Fridays, I just don't do anything. I knock around, I, I pray, I seek the Lord. I just knock around, I just, I don't do anything that, that burns many brain cells. I don't do anything that makes me tired. I do things that give me life. I like being with Karen. I like to play golf. I like to be with Brent playing golf. I like to watch golf on TV or sports. I like to take naps. Night naps are definitely of Jesus. I am a nap person. Why can't we stop? You know, Chick-fil-A, Hobby Lobby, there are major businesses that shut on Sundays. And I know, I'm glad that the hospital doesn't shut on Sunday. I know that there are some businesses that shouldn't shut. Let me say this, if, you're, if you work on Sunday, find a day, find a day, and just say, Lord, this is my Sabbath. This is the day that I'm, I'm not gonna be greedy. I'm not gonna try to be all things to all people. I'm not gonna try to get rich by working and working and doing and doing. God says, I'll honor you. Now, listen to me, listen to what I'm about to say. So is there a penalty for violating the word? Well, listen to this. The number one reason for sickness in America today is stress. The number one reason for doctor's office visits today is stress. The number one reason for prescribed medications today is stress. And the number one reason for stress is we won't stop. Am, am I telling the truth? Anybody, come on now. Somebody got to help me out here now. And, okay, and here's, I'm saying this lovingly. I'm saying this as, as your pastor. Okay, I'm saying this lovingly. Some of you are sick because of stress. Your body just can't take, like Pastor Robert, like me. You go, you go, you do, you do, and you make excuses for it, for kids, for work, for whatever reason. And what I'm saying is, it doesn't matter. There's a principle here. God says you gotta stop one out of seven. You gotta stop. And if you'll stop one out of seven, so here, here's the principle. So if you give 10% to the Lord, 90% blessed is worth more than 100% not blessed. Right, somebody? It'll, your calculator doesn't say that, but God says that. Okay, let me say this. You'll get more accomplished in six days with God blessing the seventh than you will in seven unblessed days. Right? I'm, I'm best to start amen in myself if y'all don't do better. I'm telling you, I'm just, I am preaching myself. Woo! Whoa! The message is called The Way Home, and I hope that you enjoyed the message today. And the way home is God's word. You know, we get lost because either through ignorance or through rebellion, we're not doing what God says. You know, God's word, when I was not a believer, I would, you know, read the Bible or hear the Bible taught. And I always thought it would be so hard to obey God's word. No, no. Obedience to God's word is easy. Rebellion is hard. 
when you rebel against God's word, there is not one way on earth it's going to succeed. Psalm 1, here's what Psalm 1 says. It says, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of God, and in it he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by waters whose leaf does not wither, but everything he does prospers. Everything he does prospers. And the reason that everything you do will prosper when you're following God's word is because the word of God is how God designed us to live. When you're following what God's word says about money, you're going to be blessed financially. When you follow what God's word says about morals and about marriage and about relationships, you're going to prosper. I'm saying the Bible has been around for thousands of years, and so there's a lot of proof that it works in my life. I was immoral. I was rebellious. I was not a good person. Uh, Karen told me a week before we got married that she would marry me because I was such a bad person, and I was. But a week before we got married, I received Christ into my life, and it's not because she told me she wouldn't marry me. It's because sin lied to me. That's, that's the reason I came to Jesus. I had sinned a bunch, a bunch, but I would go to bed empty and sad, even though I'd been partying and been immoral and had everything I thought that I you know, wanted. But when Jesus came into my heart, I followed him for the last 44 years. I've never been disappointed. I mean, he, he tells you the truth. Living for God and obeying God's word is much, 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 much easier than living in rebellion. Rebellion's hard because God, God won't bless it and the devil's a liar. But my encouragement to you today is read the word, obey the word, make it a part of your daily life and God will bless you as a result. I'll see you next time. God is always about restoration and bringing hope when things seem hopeless. Regardless of your mistakes, the Lord's desire is to restore your life into His plan and purpose. In this powerful series, The God of Restoration, Jimmy Evans will help you discover how to break free from sin and restore the brokenness in your life. There is no condemnation because it's not about us, it's about how great Jesus is. Support the overcoming life with your gift of any amount, and we'll send you the gift of favor as an audio download. Receive the complete series, The God of Restoration, on CD or audio download, and Jimmy Evans' book, I Changed My Mind, for your gift of $50 or more. For your gift of $85 or more, you'll receive the complete series, The God of Restoration, on DVD or video download, and the book, I Changed My Mind. When you've overcome the past and are living in God's blessing, you'll experience breakthrough, favor, and fulfillment. This year, the EXO Marriage Conference is coming to a city near you. The EXO Tour is a one-of-a-kind live marriage conference bringing couples together in venues across the country. The greatest marriages come from two people who just go through it together and come out on the other side and they win. Hear Jimmy Evans and many other remarkable speakers communicate on how to have a thriving, healthy marriage. Find an EXO Tour location near you and come together with other couples as we unite to strengthen families and start something new in your marriage. Even in the midst of something that you thought, I don't know if we're going to make it through this, when you come together and you lean on God together and you refuse to give up, He can do the miraculous. Experience why so many couples call the EXO Tour an unforgettable investment for their marriage. 
We believe that your family has a bright future. For more information and to register at a city near you, visit exomarriage.com slash tour. Thank you for watching The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. Support The Overcoming Life with your best gift and receive the series, The God of Restoration. Experience the EXO Tour at a city near you. Seating is limited, so register today. Visit exomarriage.com tour. Take your church to a new level with Jimmy Evans Pastor School. Access the first session for free right now at pastorschool.com. This program is made possible by the generous support of our faithful partners.